And just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really. People, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, Stephanie, you. just you cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. Thanks. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals. We're almost in August, the dog days of summer. Didn't even really feel like a summer this year, but I mean, days are definitely moving along and we are definitely still in the house. So, uh, Meals, what's going on? This is episode 145, as you <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> It is great. I have not been to 145th in quite some time because I'm still not back. I thought I would be back at work. I'm not back at work yet. So, you know, you got me for a lot longer than uh, anticipated. I, I got nothing else going on. I mean, I got I got a lot going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You. What about, what's, what's going on with you? You hit the ground running. When you, when you get engaged, it's like you hit the ground running. I don't even think me and my fiance have like had a solid week of just enjoying this shit before we the spreadsheet was pulled out. The spreadsheet. Well, listen, you, didn't, you didn't have to do a spreadsheet in the first week. You could have said, all right, let's chill a little bit. No, nah, we got to. No, let's, let's do the light brainstorm. Let's do a light brainstorm. Well, you a gotta free do, thought. Well, well when, you got a, when you got a family as big as hers, you got to do, do the spreadsheet for the guest list first. Because well, well, of course, of course. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, what you guys should have done. Now I'm turning into meals, the life counselor. Um, here's what you should have done. Take a week off. Let it sink in. Let the likes on your tweets roll in. Let the congratulations still roll in. Let everything kind of roll in because it's a lot to take in. And then you decide, you know what? During this week, we're going to think about some things. What do you think about this? What do you think about? And I'm sure you've been doing this. (laughs) What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And just kind of like lightly put it out in the air. And then you start the hardcore planning of like, okay, let's meals. uh, meals. You say all that, but you're just talking about it from your perspective and not from. Of course. (laughs) So here's the thing. I'm telling you what I would do. But the thing is the thing. I said I would do the same thing. But then you actually have another. You have to do it with someone else. You have a partner now. Of course. So but I I'm was. But like, I was forthright. I was forthright and being like, okay, I think we should put some ideas on on paper, so to speak. And we've done that. We we got a general idea of what we want to do. But we also you got to remember we're in we're in like a quarantine. We're in you know a pandemic. So everything that was supposed to happen this year is moving to 2021. So that actually does mean that we have to be a little bit more brisk Move about to, the planning. With 2021 or? Okay. Uh, 2022. I mean, 2021 is a wash. Let me just say yeah. that right now. Just from what yeah. I know and what I've seen, next year is a wash. So there's going to be a lot of a, a lot of updates. I'll just say that. This, this is the beginning of the updates of what's going yes. on. <laughs> Marriage watch. <laughs> I like I like to I like to put you guys in my shoes here. Sure, yeah, obviously, a, a, a lot. You, you know what I've seen the other day actually on Twitter. I saw a tweet. Um, it said four years of SmackDown started. It's like that 2016 era that we all thought was going to be terrible, mm-hmm. and actually ended up being quite delightful. 
wow, did I hearken back to like, damn. Oh, my nigga, you know I need Rhino? Yeah, first of all, yes, that. Immediately, anytime I seen Shane McMahon in 2016, I immediately think of that tweet. It's a Hall of Fame tweet. Um, <laughs> the, the roster, it wasn't that hot. Don't let me wrong. I mean, Raw had Finn Balor. Raw had, it had a lot of things going on. It had Pizzazz, it had Flash, it had Roman, it had Seth, it had Finn, it had Kevin you know, Owens. Tag teams, Kevin Owens, Nia Jackson just been called up. All these Jericho. other things, Oscar was on her way, Jericho, all this other, it had Flash and Pizzazz. But then, like, you look at SmackDown, the little train that could, that had, like, John Cena and AJ Styles, still fresh not champion yet AJ Styles, but AJ Styles nonetheless. Had AJ Styles, a little bit Dolph Ziggler, had Carmella wearing pants, the weird Becky Lynch. It's like everything Becky Lynch is like pre the man and like everything after the man. She was still and like goofy. pre the man. Oh yeah, way goofy, like very Irish. But you look at that and I'm like, man, they really made chicken salad out of the chicken that I perceive was going to come. And now I look at 2020, I'm like, man, they can't make They'd be lucky if they make chicken shit about it. <laughs> like, I mean, I think oh there's a little God. bit of that. I think there's a little bit of that on like both on both shows now. You know, like I think there's a little bit of like bad and, and confusing. And we'll talk all about that later on the shows this week. We got a we got a lot to talk about with that. But I yep. think when you look at it now, I think honestly, like if you were to look at that roster now and with 2020 eyes, you'd be like, that's not even a bad roster, low key. When you think back at it, like it had AJ, it had Dean, it had a lot of it had a lot of things going for it as, as well as Becky. So I think, you know, history is going to be a lot kinder to that original SmackDown Live roster than when we originally saw it, because we were just thinking of, oh, my God, all the indie guys are on Raw instead yeah, of like all, all of the character guys in AJ we're on SmackDown and they made that shit work for damn near two years. It was the show to watch. And, you know, that Tuesday time slot, yo, you could not beat it. I, I think, like, I even prefer that to what we have now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll wait till this, I don't know, this tugboat gets out the background of my house. But um, <laughs> why were you at? But, I don't know. Don't ask. Um, no, you're, you're 100% right. Like, kind of looking back at it. And seeing everybody there, the characters were 100% there. And then, like, the opportunity. And them kind of, like, trying out new stuff. Everyone kind of liking. I mean, people genuinely liked. You even look at the GMs and commissioner, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Relatively fresh compared mm-hmm. to, like, <laughs> Stephanie McMahon, who we've seen do the same thing for years. And, like, a, like, Mick Foley, who was, like, <laughs> lost. half brain dead Perpet- sometimes. Perpetually lost. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't, what the hell is going on back there? But yeah, it was just, you know, wow, the time. I can't believe it. A lot, but, a lot of good segments. Yeah. I mean, you had the, the James Elward stuff, uh, which, which mutated was, into the yeah. Oscar program. But. It, but even James Ellsworth, right, like wasn't supposed to be on the show, but they it, it worked. He had a whole championship match against AJ Styles. And that was the episode. I think that was the episode of SmackDown that beat Raw in the actual viewership numbers because the show was getting so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember AJ beat him in like one minute. <laughs> like, to, not, you know, it wasn't even one minute. It was like 30 seconds he beat him. He saved his life. Remember, he was going oh, yeah. to uh, Ellsworth was about to tuck his head and <laughs> AJ was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need another body on my hands. Um, <laughs> save his oh life. My God. Um, let's get into No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred. There's a lot of <laughs> No Holds Barredness about this thing, especially with one of the topics we got to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, I mean, let's just get right to it. Uh, Adam Cole and Pat 
McAfee. Uh, there was a altercation, a dust up, if you will, between these two last week, late last week, on his radio show. Adam Cole showed up, and they were going back and forth. Uh, if you've seen the clip, I'm pretty sure you have. Uh, and Pat McAfee makes fun of Adam Cole's size, which prompts Adam Cole, who, like, let me just say this right now. I met Adam Cole one time, and he I, it was almost like talking to your best friend. He was, like, so nice. I would have never <laughs> thought that he would ever, ever in my life drop as many F-bombs as he did in Listen this in this thing, right, right? Like, this this video clip. It it's was crazy. It's always the nice ones. <laughs> right? It's always it, the it, nice ones. <laughs> when that mask slips, you never know. Like, he was letting people hold the NXT belt and everything. I was like, oh, he's pretty nice. I didn't hold the belt. But it, it was he was cool. So seeing him go off on McAfee was, was insane. It, it just really shut down social uh, for a couple hours last week. Where I mean, you had this, you had the situation where it was like, is it a work? Is it not? I think in the beginning it was like, okay, it might be, it might have been real. But Triple H's comments uh, in a uh, in a phone call interview that he had earlier this week kind of puts that in question. Uh, he said that Adam is his own man, and this is uh, just, this just came hours after Adam had actually apologized. But he said Adam's his own man, and you know he invited Pat McAfee on the on NXT to talk about their grievances and air it out. Uh, and Pat responded in kind on his own show, saying that in Adam's notepad apology, he didn't mention his name and uh, didn't put him over. So, uh, Mills, I ask you, is this a work? All right. So here's the thing. There's there's multiple. I have multiple thoughts and multiple comments about this. I'll ignore the negative ones for now. Um, however, you can really tell how nice of a person Adam Cole is for him to go on a show with someone that he presumptuously hates. Because this isn't, it doesn't feel like an isolated incident just from this show. If you look at all the other pre-shows that Pat McAfee has been on for NXT and Adam Cole, you can always kind of see that Adam Cole has always kind of hated his guts, but not in a way of like, shut up, Saxton. Like, (laughs) always in a way of like, you make me sick. So for him to go on his show, I was just shocked in general that it actually happened. I was like, yo, you got to be a really nice guy to go on some enemy show or really, like, give that type of energy to anybody that you hate because... It wouldn't be me. He's a better man than me. Yeah, it it, it couldn't be us. Trust me. It couldn't be us. So it was very interesting that he go on. Do I think it's an actual work? I feel like Triple H wants it to be a work because he wants things to smooth over because he knows that this is ultimately his brand, his decision. These are two people that he is presumptually, I would say hired. Um, Maybe not Pat McAfee. Maybe he was more of a Michael Cole thing. I'm not fully sure, but these are two people that are generally under his brand. And he sees that Adam Cole, who has a lot of promise, doesn't want him to go under the same mistakes that he's made. Maybe I feel like it's Triple H trying to save Adam Cole because the knows... f-bombs are a lot the f-bombs were yeah. definitely not pg and i think that uh that's something that really like even though triple h is laughing it off he's probably like you know that's that's the proud pop of nxt just like oh that that's old adam right there you know he's trying to like smooth it over a little bit right right he's like you know adam you know these guys they can do whatever and i'm just like okay adam cole still hates pat mcafee don't get me wrong and I think he's making 100% the apology because he's a public figure and he represents the brand. And likely he says that he wasn't told to make an apology. I highly doubt that. Maybe you it, should apologize. It was the nicest apology ever. And, and I saw a lot of people online giving him grief about it. Like, oh, he's a bitch. And like, Cody would never or some <laughs> shit like that. And I was like, listen, this is like Cody literally, this is like literally like, 
what like what do y'all want? Like, what do you guys think this is <laughs> anymore? Like, what like Adam is literally the night, he's not the, the guy you see on TV. It's the nicest right. notepad apology I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Like, you could almost hear how sincere he was in that apology, and, and I thought it was really funny. Um, but I guess we'll I see. I think he realized he realizes that he messed up. He realized yeah. that he got out of character. He got out of place. He said some things that he shouldn't have said. I personally don't even see what they saw in him. I see him personally as this like jock football player, ex football player rather, that they wanted to get on because he was very popular on whatever super white medium that he was on. And they wanted some of that energy. They wanted some of that crossover energy. They know that he was a fan. They wanted to do that. But it to me, it never worked. And judging by his now lack of on-airness, he's not even on Watch Along anymore, I think. Yeah. Um, I think that they also thought it didn't work or various things. He kind of moved at the beat of his own drum. I'll say that in the nicest way possible. You're um, being very nice right now. I'm being very nice because I don't want to say there are, few, there are a number of people I dislike. And it's not, you can tell it by the vibe. And yes, vibe is a word. It's a completely overused word in our culture, I think. But you can always tell from a vibe that it's like, I don't get a good vibe from this person. Or I don't get a, a truthful or anything kind of vibe from this person. He may be a nice guy, who knows. But I didn't. The vibe, it just don't match up. It don't mean him, nah. No. There's a whole other thing. It was thing. just weird. It was, it, was real, it was real spicy. It was real spicy. It was very know? spicy. It was yeah, very I, spicy. So. I, don't, I don't fuck with it. Uh, but, you know, I hope they, I hope they patch it up. And, and, and Adam, I don't know when he's gonna, even going to come back. They to don't TV. have to patch it up to me. I mean, you keep the energy. Yeah, you, like, you do you. I do me. <laughs> it just doesn't even seem like this would be patched up on TV. It looks like it'll be, it would be like yeah. a these type thing. So Why would he have to come to NXT to patch us up? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just really, really weird wording. But I think Triple H, again, trying to, trying to keep the peace. So uh, sometimes you just got to let the beef ride, like Gucci and Jeezy, right? Yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck he has it. to do it on his birthday. Triple H turned 51, and he has to... <laughs> mitigate beef between two people which is insane it's insane uh speaking of people who don't have any problems saying how they feel uh did you did you peep aj styles uh comments about dixie carter no please do tell me uh it was on this what is what is going on on this southern fried beef (laughs) uh i was on it was on a uh you know aj styles is on twitch uh, very often he he streams oh, yeah. he streams on his off days. Academics a little, you know. Hey, you know what? His shows look exactly like academics. There are very few times <laughs> I see him actually playing video games on them, so it's actually funny. He's he's like the, <laughs> he's the king of like just chatting. But um, oh my god, he answers several questions for his fans. I will say that AJ of anyone in, in the top of the card on WWE, he's the most interactive with his fans through his Twitch and Mixer channels. So he was asked on uh, Twitch uh, last week. If Dixie Carter ruined Impact. <laughs> so he said, do I believe Dixie Carter ruined Impact? Well, it was TNA back then and 100%. There was a time when it was really gaining ground. The problem was Dixie wanted to be WWE light, and that's not what people wanted. They wanted to see something else. All she had to do was let us do what we do. It was really that simple. And had she left it to the writers, I think TNA would still be around and bigger than what they are. But not knowing what's best for business, she hurt TNA. A uh, very key thing to, to notice here. AJ does not even recognize t- uh, Impact as even being around anymore. It does not exist anymore. <laughs> Very funny to, to hear him say that. But the bad blood between he and Impact uh, still brewing uh, a lot w- within him. Uh, he was also asked if he would do uh, if he would be inducted 
you know, into the Impact Hall of Fame if he would do it. He said no, but only because he's working for uh, WWE. He said he would say no even if he was at ROH or, or New Japan also. <laughs> Yo, why is he going off? Like, he's He goes legitimately... off often. He, why is he going off so hard? Like, he does – I'll be honest with you. Um, they screwed him over, yes. though, Mills. But I don't know. If I think if, if TNA wants to recognize him, which it's like, yeah, why wouldn't they recognize him? He was a major part for like almost a decade, a major part of their damn company. They do they doing him right. They do they're doing him right. Uh at WWE. I have to say, like, probably one of my, my favorite runs of his, and uh absolutely just one of the, the biggest stars uh in the WWE, probably in the last decade. You know, if you if you want to keep it a hundred, like AJ Styles is definitely that guy there. Mm-hmm. Moving on, uh, New Japan, New Japan news. I woke, oh, yeah. up this, woke up this morning and I don't know if you've seen this yet. I want, I want to explain it to you if you haven't. No, no, I've seen it. I, I read it. I knew you were going to want to talk about it, so I did read it. Yeah. Uh, new Japan created a new provisional championship called the King of Pro Wrestling 2020 title. Mm. The actual title will not have a title belt and will mm. be re- and will be reset every year. The new mm. title will be decided on August 26th and August 29th at Summer Struggle which uh, if you look at the card huh that ain't a joke. <laughs> uh. Uh, eight, eight wrestlers will compete in four singles matches on the 26th in the first round each wrestler will be allowed to bring their own desired match rules. That's right. They're going full TNA here. Speaking of TNA, we're going full TNA here. So per- they're going like they're on like eighty five percent TNA. TNA is the company that said we're going to start a battle royal outside of the ring, <laughs> and then you have, you have to, to win. Fight to get in. <laughs> <laughs> and then after you get in, I don't know. And then they also created the King of the Mountain match, which is the most insane shit I've ever seen in my life. So um, Okada Okada was there at the press conference, and he said, and I quote: "There are all kinds of rules. Two out of three falls, ladder, steel cages. It could be anything." And to help determine these rules, fans will have the opportunity to vote on which wrestlers' rules the singles matches will be contested under. The winners of these matches will then advance <laughs> to a fatal four-way no. match on August 29th that will be under regular four-way rules. So you have a match on the first night where it could be anything. And then you have a regular-ass match, <laughs> four-way match on the 29th. And then they will be the King of Pro Wrestling 2020 champion. So these, this is twofold here. This is New Japan's love of <laughs> tournaments and New Japan's love of titles all in one. Is Dixie Karameshi somewhere uh, <laughs> somewhere booking the territory? Like, what's actually going on here? Why is this uh, so overblown or overdone? It's, it's a lot overdone, actually. I, I get that they're trying to spark um, interest in the product. Um, I get that they're trying to keep several talents hot because both titles are still with evil and they are not being defended regularly. So you're missing a huge part of the card where there are intercontinental right. title standings and where there mm-hmm. are heavyweight title standings. Okada is firmly out of that picture right now and has been for the whole year. You need for, to have something for him to do. I'm 100% sure he's going to be winning this. Let's just be clear. He's 100% yes. winning this. But my issue is with any other title that they have, in New Japan, they usually let either Okada or Tanahashi or someone important win it, and then they forget all about it later. Uh, if they've done it with the six-man tag championships, do you even know who the, who the champions are there? Oh, that's right. No. Evil. Evil is the champion. 
and he's in oh, the, shit. he's in a stable with a bunch of people he does not like. It, and again, it's it's very very weird. It's it's this is just like really overblown. It's it, I I don't get it. I also think it's really interesting that like New Japan is relenting to actually doing steel cage matches and ladder matches and two out of three falls matches because you know a couple years ago it was straight up regular ass matches. But now yeah, it's regular ass matches for sure. But now that there's cheating and there's you know a lot of interference, which again they've been having this type of stuff for years. But now that it's like more of a thing, they're real. They're ready to go full sports entertainment. And I'm wondering who, you know, the people that used to be like super purists, like oh we would never, oh we would never agree to anything like that. Climbing up ladders, what is that? What are they going to say now? And and again, they have had ladder matches. Kenny Omega and Michael Elgin being one of the most uh, prominent ones in New Japan. But again, like they've never really done stipulation matches like that. So I think it's really interesting that they're relenting to even having a freaking steel cage match, which I can't remember the last time I've ever seen one of those in New Japan. Just just having them, you know, actually happen, but how they're going to fit on the show, because, you know, the fans are going to vote for the most wild shit, right? Like they're going to vote for the, the match that is going to have the, the, the most juice behind it, so to speak. So we'll see what happens at the end of August. I'm, I'm, you know, as it stands, I haven't been a big fan of their direction as far as their titles go, but if this is something way more fun than having to watch the evil man event, then yeah, I'm all for it. I want to touch on some NXT stuff. I know that uh, Cyrus and MJ did a lot of fantasy booking there last week. I wanted to kind of touch on that. So shout out to Cyrus and MJ subscribe to our channel and make sure you listen to the war report every Friday. The Keith Lee carrion cross thing that's coming up. We know it's coming at takeover 30, uh, which should be a really solid show from what they have already on, you know, on the docket and what we have to expect from it. I feel a lot of ways about it. I'm concerned a little, but I think, you know, anyone would be concerned when you have a super hot star like Karrion Cross coming in and getting a title match in his second takeover. Uh, and I think I've, I've been seeing people draw parallels to like the Fiend stuff and people saying, you know, Keith, shouldn't be a transitional champion. I think there's a lot of conversation to be had here. I wanted to bring this on the show because I think this is a bigger issue. It's a larger issue because it actually deals with, with you know, NXT having a really cool and, 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 and really like dope champion, I think, Keith Lee. And, you know, I mm-hmm. love the way he wanted. I've loved his journey. I don't necessarily want to see it over. And I also don't think he'll have a long run. Let's just be clear here before we, you know, continue on here. But I do not think, okay, two things. I don't think this is the same thing as the Fiend thing. Just because mm-hmm. of just the aura of Carrion and the Fiend are just not the same. Fiend was no right. selling. He was no selling shit. Carrion, as you can see, I think they've scaled back on the no selling stuff with Carrion, which is good. Uh, but Carrion mm-hmm. also kind of falls into the NXT unbeatable streak that they always do with new people that come in. Everyone gets an unbeatable streak. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I also think it's different where it's like you, you know, there are no challengers for Keith that look that promising other than Adam Cole. So you had to go to Carrion because he was undefeated but that leads to the dilemma here do you have keith lee lose there there isn't any who who else do, do you like on nxt or do you think could, could go for that title right now riddle's gone thatcher seems to me more like a uh, north american title contender i would have i would have liked to see um i would have liked to see roddy roddy strong take a swing it beat him already for the championship i mean the swing for the actual championship like for the like for the actual NXT championship, like he a match in in, June, in January though. Yeah, I know, but this is for the NXT championship. So it's like during Keith Lee's run. So it's a little bit more. So he, he runs to the actual, um, 
he gets a championship shot. Maybe Adam Cole's like, hmm, what's going on here? Maybe we do some things. You're able to set up a little bit of a story. You get something a little bit different than before. I don't think we've seen Roderick Strong actually challenge for the NXT championship, which is why I yeah. think it would have been Bobby Roode. Oh, when the hell was that? Bobby Roode. Uh, fuck that. <laughs> I mean, he said he did it. I'm just telling you that he did. He did. Yeah, it was, but it was a super long time ago. I'm letting you know, but I think just generally now, especially after his experience in terms of being in the, you know, it, it gives, I think, a little bit of freshness to the Undisputed Era that it's not just like, okay, Adam Cole and his buddies. Now he's like, okay, any of them could become a star. Um, and you have another great, I think, solo star, at least a great contender, I think, in Roderick Strong. And with other Finn, if he's not in the ladder match or whatever the hell, something along those lines. In terms of the actual carrying cross, Keith Lee type of deal, I, it's a little bit soon. I think with carrying cross, I mean, usually for these these title contenders, you kind of want a little bit of a okay. Have they proven themselves in NXT to be able to carry a type of match like this? Have this match against Keith, and it's very rare for someone coming in new gimmick. New thing, and it's not like Carrying Cross isn't you know is unproven. He obviously has been in various promotions before and has done his thing across the world and et cetera, et cetera. But when you're kind of like redoing the entire slate, then it's kind of like a new coat. Now you kind of have to figure out like okay, how where can we actually go from here? Now you're working within the confines of his actual character itself. I think putting it too soon. I've seen it in sort of situations, and I think probably the only one that would be um, a outlier to the situation was Shayna Baszler. I think Shayna Baszler, she came in legitimately, I think one of her first takeovers, she faces Ember Moon. She loses, and it was like, all right. so But she loses in a very interesting way. Like, she loses. She barely like, loses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she lost her first NXT title match and then she won the legitimate follow-up match. So I think it was a very interesting way of how they actually did it. Um, could they do that with Karrion Cross? Possibly. But I do think it's a, it's a little too soon. I think we haven't even I, I haven't feel like we got the actual like full length and the full swath of the full gimmick. Here's like, my here's my question. If it was care if it was Karrion and Adam, would it be more acceptable than Karrion and Keith? I, because I still wouldn't like it. Know, because you would know that Karrion was about to take the title off Adam. But here, there's, yeah. there's some type of plausible deniability and like, okay, are they going to really pull the trigger here? Because my right. my thing is like, again, the reason why I say Karrion is, the, is the, most, uh, the most formidable for Keith right now is because we've seen Keith literally run through everyone and kick out of the craziest stuff ever. And we've mostly mm-hmm. seen Karrion beat up smaller guys. So right. with, with Keith, it's kind of like the uh, the unstoppable force and movable object type thing, and it's like that's mm-hmm. what that that is what I'm interested in seeing in this match. I think that is the interest that I see here because, and that's why I say this isn't Fiend Seth. Fiend Seth is like pure theatrics, you know. And, yeah. and I think there there is less that here. I think like there's no carrying popping up from the, uh, and they could definitely still do this on Wednesday, but there's no carrying like popping up from under the ring, and you know Keith isn't scared of him and stuff like that. Like there's there's definitely. And I'll say Keith is a cooler face than Seth was last fall. <laughs> He's way cooler than Seth was last fall. So I like that. I'm just going to, I want to shut that out right now. Like I just want to argue, like, do we think that it is time to a beat Keith? Oh, actually three, three choices beat Keith, have beat Keith or, or have Keith beat Carrion, or do some type of fuck finish here, which I think the third option is definitely going to happen. You're looking in a case. If he beats Carrion, then you see a rematch in the future. I'm sure a rematch is going to happen in it. 
if he beats Keith Lee, I think a rematch is going to happen. I mean, all of them are – this is going to be, I assume, a longstanding kind of program, um, especially with how personal it's becoming. And Or actually, is it? I feel like maybe they want to call Keith Lee up. I don't know. No, <laughs> like, I don't think there's room. Where would he go? Where would he go? SmackDown? Where's, where's a – I feel like – He's a good – to me, you call him up after a Survivor Series, I still think there's kind of room for him. I think you see Keith Lee. He's a star. I think it's generally time for him. They're barely, oh having, time to, they're barely having time to put Matt Riddle in. He is like next to Baron Corbin, who they love putting TV time on. I don't know. This could end up like – so I think the, the outlier – I said the outlier is Shayna Baszler, but there's so many different things where it's like, okay, they – Given the guy a lot too early, and then it ends up kind of like ruining him kind of long term. You look at Shinsuke Nakamura championship match. I think he got it like two months into when he was facing um he was in he was facing yeah. gender, yeah. Oh oh gender, you know next Yeah. No, I'm talking on the main roster. He's facing gender, it ends up not working out multiple times. You talk about Ryback. Ryback is another one who I don't even think the plan was to give him a championship match that early. And then it all kind of went downhill after that. Uh, NXT, I'll give him a lot more credit. I think in terms of what they should do with this match is just have somehow have um, Keith retain. It's, right. uh, unless, you, unless you're actually calling up Keith, in my opinion, I don't see any reason why you take the belt lose. off of him. Right. Yeah, I really don't. I think it's a for, for it to be this short, I think it would grab the ire of a lot of fans. I think that's not what they need right now, especially mm-hmm. when you have people um, accusing them of like, you know, putting a championship on a black, you know, wrestler isn't a gimmick or isn't this thing. It's like, you know, these are actual. Re- I think it would be bad and just in bad taste in general. That's why it makes um, him look even more ill if he does be carrying. I think that makes him like literally this like the strongest. <laughs> Uh, of, of of any baby face we've ever seen on that show. If he does manage to be carrying, you have him do it and barely do it. And then you have carrying really just run rough shot through people to get the rematch. And then we do that at the next takeover. And then you do the switch. And then this the isn't enough for carrying. My thing was like, is this enough for carrying Ciampa? Cause I don't really want that. <laughs> oh yeah, it absolutely is. And I think when Keith loses it, Ciampa will come back. And I think that is what it's setting up for. I, I find that whack. I really do. <laughs> I I find that incredibly whack just for the fact that we've got a new champion. It's the first time we've got a new champion in over 400 something days for them to kind of take it off just to set up this one feud. That's kind of like that is going to be an everlasting feud. That feud is going on forever and it, and it can't be promoted by matches because Ciampa can't wrestle on a weekly basis. So it's a, you know, I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Me I'm too. tuned in. Me too. So that, that was our, it's, go ahead. No, I was gonna say the challenge is over, so I may have to tune into uh, <laughs> NXT again on Wednesday. The real show. Uh, <laughs> but that was our small war report segment for the week. Shout out to Cyrus and MJ. Uh, but before we get into the shows for this week, uh, Meals, you had a really huge opportunity in the interview this week with uh, one Ricochet. We're gonna we're gonna shoot over to uh, some content and, and some questions you asked him there for the show. <laughs> All right, let me ask you a quick thing about this this match, Battle of Super Juniors 2017. Yeah. Will Ospreay. Yeah. Any anime inspiration behind that match? Let me, or you was just like, please. let's just do cool shit. Honestly, it's funny <laughs> enough. Like, that match 
Yeah, 17. Was that the first one? It, no, that one had to be the second one. I think the 17 had to be the second one. Whichever one the, the people got mad at, incredibly mad at. <laughs> I think, well, the first, it probably was the, because we had two. We had one, I think, was we, we had the double handspring, double backflip, double. Right, right, right. That, right. That's the one that I'm talking about. Okay, so um, that one, we actually, and I don't want to sound like a specific way. So Osprey and I had wrestled like, you know, a bunch of times before that match, like on the independent scene. So right. we actually, honestly, we just kind of put together a match in like 20 minutes. We're like, okay, yeah, this is, because we were thinking, okay, it's Super Junior. It's like at Cork and Hall. It's the main right. event of the night. So we just want to put on a good match, like mm-hmm. what we thought would be a good match. Like, we had no expectations. It was going to be like what it was. We had no, I don't know. We we had no idea that it was going to be all of that. We just honestly right. kind of put together a match. It was like, okay, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Let's, let's go do this. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, it just had all this, <laughs> yeah, all this talk and hype and stuff about it. We're like, oh, okay, well, all right then. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Listen, you do, you defied. I mean. It, it, it kind of defies expectations of what people normally see kind of in these matches. It's kind of legitimately yeah. like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it kind of like anime inspired. I wouldn't say it's anime inspired. I'm sure you guys do your own thing. You go, they're both incredibly. Anything athletic. I do is kind of really anime inspired, but. Gotcha. I mean, it's a, but it was incredible just to kind of watch that match and kind of how you guys put that together. But I mean, your entire year has been amazing. Uh, you're that. now, you're teaming up with Cedric. Cedric, another anime fan. How has it been teaming up with yes. Cedric as of late? Uh, really good, actually. Um, I feel like, yeah, Cedric and I, like, we're on the same page, and we both, again, like, we enjoy the same things, and we both are very, we're like, we're, like similar yet different stylistically. Like, we're, like, similar but different. It's weird. Mm. Um, mm. So I feel like our, our styles really, you know, they mesh really well. And he and I both just are, we're workhorses, so we want to go out there and we want to put on the best match we can. Like, of course, of course. Whomever it is we're out there with. So, uh, yeah, I, I, so far it's been great. I enjoyed every bit of it. Listen, and I have to ask one, I mean, at least one more question concerning the wrestling thing. Is Mustafa yeah. Ali okay? Because he went headfirst into <laughs> Lashley's bop. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was talking about it. He said, he goes, man, I was like, he goes, I was flying. He goes, I like, <laughs> <laughs> out of the ring that I was like, but as soon as I hit Bobby he goes I just stopped <laughs> that was he goes, I was he goes full force going goes, but as soon as I hit Bobby he goes I just kind of like, stopped oh he my like, god bro. so like such like a brick wall he goes I just jeez oh, dude <laughs> that's that's even more funny to imagine it now <laughs> I know yeah because I'm thinking like, like goes, oh, I was running full force he goes I just couldn't stop moving Oh my God, that's incredible! I mean, you guys are doing amazing things on Monday Night Raw. I mean, we're, we're glad to have you here. Yeah, we're, glad, we're really yeah, glad to have you on this podcast. Now. Like, really, oh, really. Yeah. Thank you, guys. This has been fun. Yeah, and then to talk anime and all this other stuff and all this world stuff. Um, gosh, you're gonna watch. You're gonna finish Hunter Hunter. Yep. I'm yep. Definitely. All right, that was Ricochet with Niels and Jeff of The Lookout. Thank you so much to Ricochet for coming on the show and for Niels for taking that for us. We stole some of it. You feel me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Listen, I had to 
while the conversation was mostly anime, and if you guys listen to the rest of the 40, it's legitimately like 45 minutes before the actual part that we're playing. So it's like, if you're an anime fan, you're going to love this interview. You're going to be talking about a lot of Dragon Ball, a lot of My Hero Academia, a lot of things like that. I felt weird about asking about wrestling because he was so <laughs> gung-ho about anime at this point, but had to talk about wrestling. It was funny hearing that um, the Mustafa Ali story, I'm legitimately dying still listening to that now. Um, Bobby Lashley is a crazy guy. But yeah, listen to that interview in full. You can slide over to the lookout after you listen to this podcast. Listen to the interview in full. Share it. Tell your friends. Subscribe. We appreciate all the support that we've gotten thus far. Uh, now we're going to talk about something that's least that, that's less fun than that. <laughs> and that is Friday Smackdown. Um, <laughs> I call I, I title I title Friday Smackdown Naomi tried. And yes, they, they did try. Uh, I... I I'm not, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I thought it was really weird the 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 way they followed everything up with that. I I do think that they do. I I, I always thought that the Lacey Naomi thing was always in the cards. I, let's just be clear; they were always going to be yes. feuding. But I think right. to, to have this be the impetus of the feud is really weird because WWE does not know how to write things that are within a, a recent scope. They just don't. Right. No, it felt like they were addressing it and dismissing it all in one segment. Yes, like legitimately. It felt like they were addressing, well, Naomi, talk about your hashtag thing. You got the Miz there. It's like, oh, the Miz is a smooth, you know, operator, smooth talker. Let's get him to kind of like smooth this thing out. And they have Naomi address it. And then Lacey Evan comes out and it was like, now back to your original programming. You know what I'm saying? Like, it felt, it didn't feel like, it, it, it didn't feel like they actually l- listen to what the people were saying it felt more so like let's address this while we can now people got a lot of support it's the same thing they did with naomi at the beginning of the year with the royal rumble especially when she got all the hype and she became a viral sensation and you know i wouldn't say sensation sensation as well her clip went viral over the kind of her appearance in the royal rumble it was amazing they addressed it on the following smackdown it was like oh she's gonna face you know you know um bailey and then they kind of like swept all this shit under the rug I'm telling you, if it was, it's weird because if it's like something like the Yes Movement or something, you know what I'm saying? Now we yeah. got a whole program and now we're pushing this and now we're doing all this stuff. We got t-shirts and all this other stuff like that. But when it comes to Naomi, it seems like, okay, here's this player. Here's everything that she's kind of capable of. Here's kind of the box that we're going to put her in. But now ultimately we're running back to the feud. This feud is going to be amazing. Don't you love this feud? Oh my God. She got lipstick all over her mouth. Well, they couldn't change it. You know, I think it definitely changed what the segment was going to be for this week. It probably would have been worse it, than this. I felt like, you know, it made it for much. Yeah. Change a segment. I think they decided let's go with the attraction since everyone is apparently talking about yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, instead of like something backstage that was completely meaningless. Now they're like, okay, let's do an actual segment on this, but I didn't buy it. I don't buy it. She tried. She tried. She, she really tried. Yeah. Um, you know, again, she makes she she really does make the most of it, and yeah. you know, I'm looking in the face of it, it. It's wild because it's like you look at the actual segment itself, and maybe I'm looking too deep in the segment of her trying to explain to two white men about the things that's going on and why they're fighting, and the two white guys are like, "And here's Lacey, yeah, <laughs> can't you like?" And it completely ignorant to the fact of the actual thing of what's going on, and you know moving for it was just i didn't buy it i didn't like it it's, yeah uh, it was it was not my favorite part of the show um we also had uh matt riddle 
and another Baron Corbin segment. Uh, I, does this end up on SummerSlam, or, or are they just leaving Matt off of pay-per-views for the time being? Not really sure, but he puts a he puts a hit on uh, on Matt Riddle, and that 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 him is is Baron, of course. Not sure what that means, but I'm guessing we'll see him facing off against Tony Nese a lot in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> It should be interesting from week to week. People bother to take up the ransom. I think this is a few that can extend from week to week. It's a very interesting kind of way to handle this without seeing a bunch of Baron Corbin matches. So, yeah, I'm with it. As long as Riddle wins and it's over, I, I don't care. I think uh, the match he had with, with Tony, was it was a squash match. I mean, they're keeping him strong relatively after the AJ loss. So they still see a lot in him. Um, and I, and I'm still waiting for him to, I mean, he has, he's had bangers for the month that he's been there. So I, I'm still waiting for for them to kind of shit or get off the pot with him. I think, um, we had a really interesting thing with Nikki, Alexa, Bailey and Sasha, who well, we're, we're going to talk about Bailey and Sasha a lot in the next couple of minutes. So we're not going to, I'm not going to touch on them. So, um, how do you feel about this potential I don't know if it's a turn or a breakup between Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Nikki, of course, beat Alexa to earn the right to face Bailey this week on SmackDown. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are kind of concerned about what's going to happen next here. I, I'm weird. I don't really have any concern. I see this more so of a fact. Yeah, it's some, it, I see it more so of a fact to explain why tag team partners are going up against each other because there's no one left for Nikki Cross or anyone left on the SmackDown roster to face. I mean, they've all faced each other at least a million times in various, you know, iterations and or uh, combinations. So I think this was just more so a way to explain why they're going against each other. And maybe there is going to be hard feelings, especially since one is number one contender. Nikki seems to really, really, really want this. Um, if any, if I see anyone turning, it's going to be Alexa Bliss. But I only see Alexa Bliss turning if maybe something happens in the future that we'll talk about on when we talk about the tag team champions. But I don't really see, yeah, I don't really see anything kind of... Uh, looming or any darkness looming in the background i don't really see it yeah me either um i would rather nikki turn than alexa though i will say that i, I think alexa is so much better as or less annoying as a face so i me. thought alexa i, she's a good I thought alexa bliss would be a, a better like in ring face <laughs> but no i mean she's kind of the same so i think she's kind of fun <laughs> style i think um nikki's the much more electric face someone who's got fire and you kind of root behind her and all the other stuff i feel like alexa bliss we don't want to see the heel thing again because the heel thing comes with the rain and then the rain comes with all the other stuff that comes with it so yeah the the, the complaining and shit yeah yeah all the other stuff like that so who knows we'll see um so we have uh let's get a, to the, let's get to the part where it's Daniel Bryan smackdown. <laughs> yes, uh two things happen here that you know there's been a rumor that Daniel Bryan and Edge are writing <clears throat> for both of their shows respectively. So Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, Edge on Raw. You can definitely see Edge's influence on the Randy Orton stuff, especially the promos. Um, but here on, on SmackDown, Land of Opportunity, Daniel Bryan is definitely all about it. First up, we had a uh four-way match between Lince Dorado, Grand Metalik. Drew Gulak and Chad Gable for the right to face AJ Styles for the Intercontinental t- uh, title. I mean, take a, a wild guess who won this match. <laughs> First of all, would have never seen this coming on anybody but Daniel Bryan SmackDown. It would have yes. never happened. This is this could have happened on Velocity. 
like <laughs> like <laughs> a decade and a half ago, and and people would have still never seen it. Grand Metal League wins, which I'm fine with. I love Grand Metal League. I Me mean, too. he has he has no character established in WWE at all. Like, I don't even think he said four words since being on the roster. Maybe like. I guess officially on the SmackDown roster since maybe a year ago. Um, so he has not said anything compared to the, I don't even want to say Lince Dorado because Lince Dorado hasn't said much either compared to the other two guys in the ring who has some semblance of like a story that people can get behind or gimmicks or words that they say out their mouth or something along those lines. But I think the match is going to be fire. I think they want to establish that we can have great matches on the show, tell a great story and people will become invested that way. Um, so this Friday we'll see Grand Metal League versus AJ Styles on SmackDown, and I'm super excited because banger, banger. I think he's gonna show out. Yeah, I think 100 he's gonna show out. AJ, and I mean to me, as far as the men go, it's Drew, Seth, AJ. Those are those are the guys right now, and and I think that they're they've been they've been showing out and showing off this whole year. So. Well, we, we might see another. We might see another guy added to this mix. Absolutely. So uh, earlier in SmackDown, uh, you have Big E and Kofi in a promo. Kofi comes out, and of course, this is uh, this was taped after uh, Extreme Rules. So this is pretty much uh, storylines after Extreme Rules. Kofi comes out and says, because of the bump that he took on the show, he was going to be out for six weeks. Uh, which leads wow. which, which such a direct amount of time to be out. By the way, I think Kofi just wants to go home. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Yo, I'm out." <laughs> um, uh, so my wife's going back to work. I got somebody got to watch these kids. I got to homeschool them, um, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this leads uh, Kofi to say, "With Woods out and him out, it's time for Big E to um, to to basically shine and, and go for a singles run." Uh, I can't put the promo into words better than they do. If you if you have seen a video of it or you or you haven't seen it, please go check out this promo on YouTube. It's probably the most sincere and earnest wrestling promo of the year, in my opinion. I, yeah. I think it's completely real. It's how two friends would talk, and it didn't seem scripted at all. But this is leading to the Big E singles program. And before you go, Meals, I want to say his first match needs to be squashing Jackson Riker on SmackDown this week. Oh, it's, I mean, yes. <laughs> I think first of all this big E program I first of all I love the narrative that I'm setting out for it. You got to choose between Big E and Otis now. Do you want Otis in the limelight or do you want Big E to be the one who carries the future? Do you do you want your Otis now? Let me ask you with Big E on the prowl, Big E doing these things, Big E about to get major championship shots. Big E about to be all up in your ear. Fickle, fickle. You still Pickle. You still want Otis? You guys still want Otis? You still want Otis, who hasn't been seen Pickle. for weeks? <laughs> well, you know, you know why? Because he was at the yacht party. <laughs> you know why? He was for what? <laughs> who invited him to this yacht party with all the hot chicks? Um, uh, I I think that there's room for both. Um, I'm not sure where they go with this Otis thing. To be quite honest with you, I mean, I I think that the briefcase is not. He returns on SmackDown this week. Yes, he, he does. And Mandy returned this week. So interesting. Wink, wink. They they're all coming back, huh? Wink, wink, wink. They're all coming <laughs> back this week, huh? Uh, but yeah, I I mean, I want Biggie to. I I think that you can have both Biggie and Otis be successful. Uh, and they're not mutually exclusive. And I, I think Big E's more of a lineup for the uh, Intercontinental title than the world title right now, to be honest with you. 
Well, he should be in the world title because God knows I don't know what's going on with that world title thing. I, I really, I, I really think that anywhere really around it, I, I really think it's Riddle. I really do think it's Riddle when it when it comes off of the spooky guys. It's gonna be Riddle. <laughs> <sighs> It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to say. That's all I see. I I like this Big E run. I think you know a large part of it. And I think it was maybe 2013. He was Intercontinental Champion um, for quite some time. And I think he lost a lot of favor just because he was the general inexperience still coming up from NXT. Um, didn't seem to be garnering any sort of real support after breaking off with Ziggler and AJ. And then a few years later, he's in New Day and he's a completely new man. So I, I, I'm interested to see kind of how this looks on the other side. Can Biggie really flourish as a singles competitor or, you know, does the same thing kind of happen? It's it's something that we've never seen, but it's something that we've completely asked for many times. Um, I'm ready for it. Yeah, me too. Uh, really quick, um, it's bar fight. Yay, nay, no, okay, no. Uh, so, okay, <laughs> raw. <laughs> All right, raw. Um, I want to speed through because because uh, because we're coming up on an hour now, and uh, there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff on raw that happened but nothing more more important than what i want to talk about here uh we have randy orton and drew mcintyre confirmed for SummerSlam, so there you go that was not the important thing that's that well well i mean no this i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna get through like some of the auxiliary stuff that happened on raw okay let's do let's do some quick hits yeah let's let's knock out some quick hits yeah Um, uh drew and randy's happening so we're, we're clear there i think drew is going to be good for him he needs a big match against a big star he's never faced anyone to the caliber uh, over, over Randy Orton uh, in this in this role yet. Of course, he's obviously right. faced, if, uh, he's faced Roman. So I mean, but I mean, like on this right. level, as a baby face. But right, right. In, in his in his championship reign, I don't think he's featured or he's had a threat as uh, threatening as Randy Orton has been. And I think we saw this coming from a few weeks ago, especially with the way they're building up Randy. They have been kicking up all these legends. You kind of knew it was leading somewhere, especially since the Edge thing. Um, yeah, wasn't wasn't sort of or when edge eventually got injured and it was kind of like where do you go from here yes um so we don't have to question that anymore we know it's coming no i i, I think it's gonna be great you know i'm, I'm looking forward to the program it gives uh, drew mcintyre of incredibly formidable foil um we have two guys that hate each other going for the tag team titles in andrade and angel garza i'm, I'm just really tired of this <laughs> this whole thing if you realize can. this was supposed to happen at WrestleMania, right? <laughs> yes, yes, I, I do, and I think that it, it's like if they have the Street Profits drop the titles to these guys, which I don't think that they will. I think it'd be a big mistake. I think that the Profits and the Raiders, or the Profits and, and the Flyboys, they need to have more, you know, more burn here. I think that that's a more interesting um, program for me for the for the Profits. And we've seen this match so many times <laughs> between these two teams. And we've seen the same things happen so many times. This screams kickoff match to me, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it no, really you're right. It, there's nothing really completely new about what they're actually presenting with this. In fact, it's probably a few steps back because when this was initially delivered to us, it was delivered with the promise of Bianca Belair being alongside and kind of even in the odds with the whole Selena Vega thing. Now Bianca Belair is completely out of the picture. So it's kind of like now you're rolling back to what happened kind of originally before What's-His-Face Austin Theory got involved in the whole mix and kind of everything like that. It it sounds like a kickoff match. It probably will be a kickoff match. 
I hope the best for everyone involved in this. <laughs> I just do. It's just, I want better for Andrade. I think, wow, why are we still using Andrade in this light? Yeah, he's a great worker, but I don't think we need him in this tag team now. I'm going for a tag oh. team championships. Set he's, him up. He can set up the future for, wait, for Drew. and He's hit a wall. He, he's really hit a wall, though, Mills. He got nerfed by Drew. He got nerfed by Apollo. He's in a tag team. There's there's nothing left for him here unless he goes to SmackDown. And if Charlotte's coming back mm-hmm. soon, that's not going to happen. So, like, he's yeah. it, going to stay on the show. It, I've been said, we've, we've been said, like, it's time to shit or get off the pot with him. But, again, I don't see world title in his future. And I, I really don't know where you put Andrade here. Angel, he's fine. He's someone in the third building. He's someone that I can see realistically winning any type of title that he wants to coming down the line within the next couple of years. But with Andrade, right. it's like he's been here for almost three years. It's time to do something with him. And I just don't I don't like the tag team thing. And, and I think, honestly, the Zelina thing is getting long in the tooth, too. It's, it's yeah, just I agree. I think his, his English has gotten a lot better. I'm like, I don't, I don't have a problem with him just going on his own now. I think he's fine, bro. So. I don't know. It's just really weird. Um, we also had uh, more Hurt Business uh, stuff. We, we had Bobby Lashley versus Ali in a really great match. I think Lashley's been spectacular. I'm, 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 I'm raising my eyebrow at having Ali lose this early, though. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Sorry, my language, but I was like, what the hell was that? Why do you and, have him come and, back and then lose? And clean. It's just like, what, 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 we were excited last week, and you gave him a win. And then you beat him again. What the fuck? I don't know where this is. Yeah, I don't know where this is going. I mean, be, cl- I be clear. Know. Be clear. There was a lot of really good in-ring stuff on this Raw. But there, but I think the actual booking, and it's just like Extreme Rules, the actual booking of this shit was so bad that it made the show bad for me. Like, yeah. it, it really was a bad show for me as far as just creative goes. And, it, and that's for both shows. Um, we yeah. also, on this episode of Raw, we also had Shanna Baszler and Nia Jax, another thing that was just... A, Objectively bad. No one, no one asks for this. By the way, no one asks. I'm, I'm praying hard. I am praying hard for Shayna Baszler right now. So here's the thing. I feel like Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler. I think it's a. It'll be. I think the match when it actually happens, it'll. It actually no. I don't even know. <laughs> I, I wanted to say like I'm expecting like good things out of this match, but I honestly don't know what to expect anymore. I think it's it's just something where two heels going off against each other. If there was a crowd, I think there would be a lot more um, of an engine behind it because then you're kind of like, ooh, ah, like one is a brutalizer, one is another brutalizer. Let's see these monster trucks kind of run into each other and kind of watch the fireworks and all the things that happen from that. And you don't really get that without a crowd. But then also, like, I have a feeling, I don't want to say they're going to, but like, they really don't like. If this is not a stall program for Shayna Baszler, I'm confused. I'm really confused. Well, this, I'm confused. I'm this is this is gonna lead to the larger the larger discussion here of, of what I think will be happening. Um, what else happened on Raw before we, we get to the Oscar Sasha stuff? That that stuff. Um, Alistair Black uh, came from oh, waiting yeah. tables and got <laughs> nerfed. <laughs> he looked like he worked for Yard House. <laughs> I was like, well, you came out to fight in that? I was like, oh, maybe boy, I'm take, Boy, take that ass. <laughs> First of all, this Murphy announcer thing just never ends. It just ne- It's never going to end. 
And it's looking more likely that Rey Mysterio is coming back. Yes. Um, um, I, I'm thinking that it's going to be Dominic versus um, Dominic versus uh, Seth at SummerSlam. And uh, he, he had some, he, he really did a great job on Raw. Don't get me wrong. I thought he showed a lot of fire with the Kindle stick. I, I really enjoyed the extra step of him hitting the actual steel stairs. I thought that was yeah. a really cool touch to show how angry he was. I'm just wondering, like, what, what, what are they setting Alistair up for in terms of his rewriting? Because I know that the rewrite is coming. Uh, They're not setting him up for anything. That's my I mean, hot take. I mean, like re- rewriting the the actual like the uh, his character, not his like what what they have going on. They don't have anything planned for him. That's my thing for him. It it's been clearly shown for probably the last number of months. Um, outside Paula Heyman working this Murphy, this Buddy Murphy thing over and over, it's clear that there's no direction for him. They have him lose random matches. They don't really put him in a significant program. He's been teaming with Humberto Carrillo for various weeks on end. There's no clear direction with Aleister Black, and there has never been one since he called up to the main roster. It was always been, I'm looking for a fight. I'm in the room. He showed up. He faced Cesaro. That was it. And then he was moved to Monday Night Raw. He showed up. He was like, I want to face somebody. It's Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy does it. And that's kind of been it. There doesn't appear to be any direction for Aleister Black. I don't know if they're doing anything with him. He's no champ. I don't have any championship aspirations, any big match plans, anything like that. There's nothing going on for Aleister Black. And now it looks it looks like he's probably going to be off TV. Uh, yeah, because he got his eye poked out by Murphy. <laughs> it's like so you let you beat this guy's ass for six months, and all right, whatever. I don't know. I, I'm not going to argue with you here. There's there's nothing to argue with. Yeah. There is something we can argue about, uh, and yeah, that let's is do this. Sasha Banks versus should have been the main event, but uh, Sasha Banks versus Oscar uh, for the Raw Women's Title. Knew something was up when they actually spelled out every single stipulation in the actual match graphic, and I should have I should have raised my eyebrow then, but I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." They never do that, but then they did it tonight, and um, I thought it was a really good match in the beginning. And you probably feel the same way as I did when you saw the Titan Tron light up and you saw what happened backstage. I said, "Don't do this," because at first I thought it was going to be Bailey hitting. Uh, hitting Sasha to have to help Sasha win the title. I thought that was that probably would have been the fuckery, but then I mm-hmm. saw this and it made no sense for a, a number of reasons. And this is outside of Oscar just uh, going to help her friend. Losing. I don't, yeah, I don't, know, I don't think that. I, well, of course, her losing sucks. We're going to talk about that. I'm talking about the logic of this. Is it the logic of this? Isn't that Oscar went to help her friend? The logic of this is whoever plotted this out had to do it in the most haphazard, stupid way that they could have ever done it. You have Oscar staring at a screen. For at least a minute and 30 seconds as Kyrie's getting her ass beat, has Sasha in the actual Oscar lock, could have actually tapped her at that point and then went to go help Kyrie. And Oscar was still too late. She was still too late. But then you have her lose by count out, which in terms of all time ways that Oscar has lost, including every time she's lost the fucking title, she taps out for it. This was probably the dumbest way that you could have nerfed someone probably possibly ever. And Asuka always has stupid ways that she loses the title, but by count out is absolutely stupid. I want to go to the actual top of the list here. Does Sasha really fucking need the Raw title right now? The Raw title? No, she needs to smack down one. <laughs> what the fuck? She needs to smack down one. So, my, so here's my beef with this entire thing. Um, 
my beef was how stupid it was. I legitimately thought it was dumb that she's sitting there and it's like, oh, I need to help Kyrie. And I'm like, well, people, I'm not going to say people don't get beat up all the time. And it's great that Asuka chose her friend over the championship. But if you're writing off Kyrie, <laughs> like, there's not going to be any follow-up. There's not going to be anything. Ky- if if Kyrie's leaving, maybe Asuka should know that she's leaving. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many different things that could go on where I was just like, don't don't let Asuka run out the ring and lose the championship on this. Um, the golden moment, I guess, all of this is – W. I mean, I won't say it's a golden moment. It's kind of really subjective. WWE had a chance to make history, and they decided Let's, we're going to go with the history which is an all-encompassing women tag team. Um, there's never been a alliance as stronger as Bailey and Sasha in WWE history on a women's side. They hold the tag team championships. They hold both of the Raw championships. It makes me wonder if this was legitimately planned since they put the championships on, you know, Bailey and Sasha. When oh. they took them off of Alexa and Nikki, um, it makes me wonder if this was actually planned. I don't think because- so. When you went, when you, even when you go down that road, they were still doing the breakup, the the beginning of the breakup angle. Hmm. Interesting. No, well, no, because initially it was like Charlotte saying, "You don't have a title," and then Sasha gets a title. She gets a SmackDown title, and then they're like, "Okay, let's put her on NXT," and maybe they could have flirted with the NXT thing. And they're like, mm, "Now nah, let's do it bigger. Let's do uh, let's do Monday Night. Like let's do it on Raw." Um, this program, which initially I think what everyone thought was a side program leading to eventually what Asuka was going to be facing at SummerSlam, which I think people expected. Well, I expected Shayna Baszler. I don't know about anybody else. So, but they're stretching um, out for so long. I, yeah. And you're going to get to that. You're going to get to that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no. So, but I thought it was that as well. Um, they, it, the, the, the side program ends up becoming the main program unbeknownst to anybody and we get this moment the result to me was stupid i don't think they they need championships but i understand why wwe did it for the whole history making let's uh let's make a moment out of this this will get people coming back and gradually i think people will legitimately look and like all right what's going to happen on friday night smackdown because they are there what's going to happen on monday night raw since they are there um, but I don't think you needed to do this with, uh, I don't think you need to sacrifice Oscar's reign for no particular reason. I don't know if Oscar's going to get this belt back. And, it's not a guarantee. It's really not a guarantee because your options and she's always, it's always at the expense of her, right? It's always at Oscar's expense where there's like, she's put to the side in the, in the interest of something bigger. And it's like, right. No, because the- they could, they could ultimately decide, okay. We're taking this to Survivor Series. That's where we're going to do Bailey versus Sasha, and they're both holding the championship. So it's going to be Bailey versus Sasha because they're both representing whatever fucking championship. They could take it to that. There's no guarantee that Asuka gets the belt back. And it's not so that I'm hurt necessarily about Asuka losing the championship, but it's just like you said, why does it always have to be in this sort of fashion with Asuka? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why does she have to lose in these goofy fashions and we kind of spend the the next 18 months meandering for her to get this championship back and an opportunity back because they wanted to be done with this. Um, I, I, I want that- to talk about, I want to talk about you saying you're not sure she's going to get the title back. There are avenues for her to do it. I mean, there's the obvious rematch um, because she was never pinned. 
So I think that's your obvious that's your obvious rematch there. Uh, I think the other time she lost, it was a little bit more decisive with Charlotte, obviously. But I I'm thinking at this point, do they do a winner take all or like a a a uh, a double belt because they love doing this with women? Do they do a triple threat between these 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 women at SummerSlam? And 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 I remember you you stipulated that because we legitimately asked, all right, so what are they doing with the SmackDown Women's Championship? Because exactly. Bailey is about to beat the bricks off of Nikki on Friday. <laughs> exactly. It, it, like you're not going to keep them off the show. So I think the biggest punishment would be for them to have to defend their titles twice on the show, right? That would have to right. be the the way to, to do it. There, there's various ways that if if Nikki manages to beat Bailey on Friday, first of all, I think all hell is going to break loose. Oh, Novak is going to I will literally hear his TV all the way in California coming out of the window. Um, if if Nikki because then if they wanted to start that Alexa Nikki program, they can start doing that over on that side. If they wanted to be continue this Bailey and Sasha program, they can continue doing it, I guess, on the raw side, which would make no sense. I don't know. It this convolutes so many different things, and the triple threat matches right. It will not come out right. The triple threat match is a great situation, right? It's a great option. It makes sense to have them to have them defend the tag titles earlier in the night, then defend their titles later on in the night. Um, I saw someone intimate that maybe Oscar would go after Bailey, but I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. That's like not the because Oscar's on Raw. Yeah, Oscar's on Raw, and Sasha has her title. But this also makes it so that Sasha and Bailey are going to be on every single show. And again, I think we both we're both in agreement here. Get to the turn already. Get, get to the turn. turn. That's what I'm saying. I, t- I talked about this a few weeks ago where it's like, at this point, is it even going to be worth it? And yeah, maybe it will be. I mean, who knows? They could kind of maybe rewrite the story in a very interesting way. But the way you're taking so long for this turn, I don't, I'm not expecting a turn anytime in the future at this point. With both of them, I'm looking at them on YouTube right now and they're both like laughing their ass off with all the championships. And it's fine. I'm not, I have no problem with them having all the championships necessarily but i'm 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 more the issue is more with the booking and like how do you resolve this now uh without making anyone looks yeah without making anyone look stupider than you've already made them look exactly Um, it's it's the same issue with the the undisputed era having all the titles in nxt you know we as soon as they won all the titles there was an expiration date there and luckily there was a show coming up or there were a series of shows coming up that were going to rectify that and we knew that Mm -hmm. With this, I don't think that there you can't do a turn in three weeks. Let's just be clear. So I don't think that I don't think Sasha Bailey's happening at SummerSlam. Let's just be no, it's just not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Don't pen it into the near future, to be honest with you. Exactly. They have to lose these titles first. But how? And I don't think any situation where they come like let's be clear here. I love Sasha. She don't need this belt. (laughs) She didn't need this title, bro. I think I I think she if she loses it again on the first defense, don't come crying. <laughs> exactly. And I want people to set that. I want people to be ready for a, for a 30 to 50, a 15 to 30 day reign here, because this isn't a, a this isn't a, uh, this isn't going to be a long run. And they're going to say, Oh, they did it just to make her transitional champion. But you guys love when she wanted in service of the story. So like, well, which one is it? Is it for the story or is it for her legacy? Quote unquote, it's wrestling it's quote unquote her legacy. I mean, she, her and Bailey, 
They got it all. I'm not mad at it. Again, not mad at the performers. It's not like they did this. They're heels. They're just performers. They're just acting. However, at the same time, none of this makes sense from the Bruce standpoint, the booking standpoint of like, what are we actually doing with all of these? Where is this story actually going? And maybe it's because us wrestling fans, we like to be comfortable a little bit and be able to see kind of how everything is going to be weaved right in front of our eyes. Maybe yeah. we want that. Um, maybe we don't really feel, maybe we feel solace in, okay, Drew, Randy Orton. That makes sense. Oh my God. Uh, the street profits versus angel and Andrade. Oh, that makes sense. Maybe we feel solace in that. Um, this topsy turvy every week is a new week, um, storyline that has actually cost Oscar. who's probably the most deserving champion on raw, the championship. It's just, it's bad. Yeah. It's just bad. I didn't like the ending. I didn't like the ending. It's a, you know, no, again, no shot to the performers. performers. I didn't like the ending. It was pretty bad. Uh, but shout out to them. They, they did it. Five-time champion and all that. But that was Raw. We'll see how this shapes out on the shows this week. And that is, of course, SmackDown and Raw on Monday. Uh, we're, we're barreling towards SummerSlam. Hopefully we have some sort of clarity on what's going on with the women's titles. Uh, because, again, you have two divisions that are literally – clogged up and cannot you know and, and again it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of restraint on WWE's part and having to build storylines that don't have the title with them and that's what i think they're doing with naya and Shayna. she has to have something to do until the title gets back proper on a raw superstar but mm-hmm. again it just i would just have rather them just do the Shayna osco thing and then just have them have her lose that way i would have that, that would have been fine to me that, that would have been cool this is just not this isn't the way but um that was raw uh, and that is the A Show for this week. We want to thank Ricochet, of course, for sliding through to the RNC Radio Network this week on the lookout and uh, giving us some quotes for the A Show as well. Uh, and as always, you can follow us at RNC Radio Live, and you'll follow me at OG Johnny Five and Meals at Meals TV. We got a big, big week in RNC. Of course, we had that Ricochet interview, but we also have a new era of RSBN with Mark and Jeff teaming up with the Elite. Make sure you. Oh, I'm sorry, not the elite, sorry, the elite media. <laughs> Shout out to Cam and Trevor and everybody over there. Make sure you subscribe to that channel to hear more about what's going to be coming up from them uh, in terms of that partnership. Actually, uh, we, have an, we have another interesting thing coming this week. I will be appearing on Ugly Radio and I won't be, be, be appearing alone on my type of, you know, outsider Kevin Nash, Scott Hall type of tip. Um, oh, wow. All I say is, listen, you're taking them to court. That's all oh, I got to say. Oh, no. I can't wait to hear this. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> until next week, thank you guys for listening to The A Show. Please subscribe to our channel. Leave us a five-star review and leave us some reviews. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, but until then, please be safe. Wear your mask and please wash your damn hands. See you next week. Peace.